Welcome to podcast number 30, Forgiving Oneself. I found that throughout my difficulties with mental illness, depression, anxiety, that forgiving myself was probably one of the more difficult things that I had to accomplish. Now, the other day I ended up watching one of those ESPN 30 for 30 episodes about two great baseball players. Now, don't get concerned. I'm not going to talk about the episode or about baseball, although I would actually love to. They Both ended up falling into serious addiction and then eventually had to retire. One of the points made in the documentary is how good they really could have been without the addiction and problems. They were bound for Cooperstown. And for those who might be listening who don't know what that means, it means that they would have been enshrined in the Baseball Hall of Fame as some of the greatest players to ever have played the game of baseball. In discussing what had happened, both of them had serious regrets about what had become of their careers. And I think in some ways... They were really still trying to forgive themselves. The whole story got me to thinking about the way in which mental illness affects our lives, strangely, and our ability to forgive the mental illness and our mistakes we make when we are in the midst of a depression or mania. Now, the two players had made some very obvious choices in their lives and mistakes, perhaps, but in the end, they had held themselves responsible and were very disappointed. And mental illness, depression, anxiety, mania... All of that causes us to feel and act in ways that would not normally be in our nature. The reality of the feelings, the worthlessness, desire to feel anything, perhaps the overconfidence of mania, they cause action in us. What I mean is that we do things when we are in the darkness, that, we, that when we somewhat return to the light, we question why. Why would I do that? I don't understand why I acted that way. The problem with mental illness is that the emotions come and go, and we only feel them when we are in the moment. What remains after the emotions, or after the emotion fades, is the memory, but no emotion. Those memories can be a haunting reminder of moments we perceive to be part of our life and who we are, but we can't reconcile them. I think of all of us at one. I think all of us at one time or another have probably been frustrated or angry, and said things that we never should have said. The regret comes when feelings fade, and we return to those normal emotions. But what we have said still hangs, said or done, still hangs in the air like a dirty soot from a diesel truck. We can see it, we can almost smell it and taste it, but we don't sometimes even remember entirely what made us do what we did in the first place. I'm not sure exactly what causes it or why, but the negative memories of depression and mania seem to last forever in the mind. Not sure why I couldn't ever... And I can't ever seem to remember the good moments, the times when things were right, when I chose well. Didn't lose sight of the bigger picture. But that is what depression causes. Those awful negative memories are stored and recalled at a moment's notice. And when then when the depression returns, it's like trying to hold back a swollen river in spring. Those negative moments, the times when things didn't go well, come back to us repeatedly, driving us ever further into our depressions and the abyss until we just can't see anything good about ourselves. I feel like our sins and mistakes harass us like a swarm of bees after you've disturbed their nest. This has been one of the hardest parts of the trial of mental illness, simply the inability to forgive myself. I know that I'm not alone. Almost every person who has had depression knows what I'm saying. We can't remember good and bad memories stick to us like glue. For some reason, depression stores these memories in a place that seems to be so easily and readily accessible. I seem to have the ability to forgive anyone of anything, but forgiving myself? 
took a great deal of time and effort, and still is sometimes an issue. More effort than I really want it to believe to be. I believe that those with depression develop a thinking pattern of negativity that contributes to the inability to forgive oneself. This inability to forgive oneself then leads to a question as to whether we were forgiven at all. It is a pattern that repeats every time the depression finds an opening in the thought patterns to interject. It's especially difficult when we are in places where healing should be found, but all that can be recalled are those moments that haunt us. Those memories seem to be seared into our conscious, my conscience, like a branding. Not only are they branded into our memory, but it seems that everyone is all too ready to bring them to memory for us. <laughs> There's a story of me in my teenage years, likely in the middle of a depression, stating that I would do anything but wash the dishes. We had chores. It was one of those defiant things, augmented probably by a prolonged emotional depressed state that I didn't understand. Now, for a long time, I didn't like it at all that everyone seemed to find humor in it. I certainly didn't. It was a memory that I wanted to forget, but couldn't. And had I not forgiven myself, I had not forgiven myself. And so the recall of the memory, even by someone else, really bothered me. Now I do find humor. Now I do find humor in it. But it took finding the strength to simply forgive myself of the things that I did when I was under the influence of a mental illness. There are some things people who deal with mental illness simply need to fix in their minds resolutely about mental illness and those mistakes that haunt us. Now, the first thing to remember is that your reality now was not your reality when you committed the mistake or the sin. If you'd been in your proper mentality, it probably would not have happened. I'm not saying that you can entirely blame the illness and never take proper measures to avoid mistakes again. I am saying that you can forgive yourself more readily based on a weakened state of emotional stability and a moment in time. The Lord does understand a weakened state, and it is far, and he is far more merciful given the circumstances than if you were whole. The Lord can help us with forgiving ourselves. Now, he can heal this type of wound as well. It is important to remember that the Lord desires to forgive even serious transgressions. He wants us to move forward and forget the sin or mistake. This doesn't mean we don't, this does mean that we don't have to travel the road Oh, I'm sorry, this doesn't mean we don't have to travel the road of repentance. The Lord doesn't want us, the Lord simply doesn't want us to rewind and travel the road over and over again. Once is enough, and then the whole ordeal needs to be put in a box and out the back of the brain. You know, in the New Testament, the woman who was caught in adultery actually contains a very important lesson. The Lord didn't lessen the severity of the sin, nor did he tell her that she need not repent. He did provide quick forgiveness, and then the rest of the path back was up to her. And this is one lesson I never forgot from my days as a bishop. The Lord is quick to forgive and slow to punish. Often we feel that we need greater punishment than the Lord really feels that we do need. Depression definitely causes many of these feelings, and not only needed punishment, that we need to be punished over and over again. And that is not the Lord's way, and it's definitely not a way forward. It's only going to stall your progression. Yes, it is very difficult in a depression to put those feelings aside. They are powerful and demanding, and at times they never seem to subside or end. Forgiveness of self and reinforcing that idea will be a powerful tool in your ability to actually fight the illness. I learned this far too late. Spent far too much time rehearsing pleas for forgiveness for things that I had long that had long been forgotten by the Lord. He doesn't desire for us to do this. 
I know how hard it is, how difficult the feelings are, and you really do feel as though you haven't been forgiven. So how do you do it? How do you forgive yourself and move on? It's going to take some brain training and it's going to take the Lord to disassociate the negative feelings with past actions. The negative feelings of depression are part of the illness, not the past. And so the association needs to be to the illness, not to the past transgression. This is important note for leaders, again, kind of off the subject a little bit, who deal with sins and mistakes of those who deal with mental illness. It is important to understand how long things have taken place. If the individual has gone through repentance, and if it is simply the depression talking, I'm not saying that you shouldn't listen or that it isn't an issue, but you can help someone who is depressed understand that the Lord has forgiven them long ago, that Lucifer is a powerful force during depression, and that you, should, and that you can assure them that the Lord has put it in the past and taken care of the issue. Often you can be a reassuring voice of love and concern, helping the individual to overcome those powerful emotions, knowing that the Lord only sees them as a wonderful person doing their best in the gospel and trials that he's placed them in. Now the question regarding this is, why do I still feel the pain then? Why do I see the memories so clearly? Why do I still have scars? If the Lord truly wants to heal me, why doesn't he lessen the pain, remove the memory, why do I still why do I still have the scar? If I still feel these things, have I really been forgiven? Now I would say you absolutely have. Memories fade with time, brain training, and the Lord, and so does the pain. Scars are often left in their place for valuable purposes. Pain and memories pain and memories do not necessarily have anything to do with guilt or forgiveness of the Lord. Pain and memories Pain and seared, we have pain and, sorry, we have pain and seared memories for a reason. Once you've gone down the path of sin, even small sins, the second time is far easier than the first. There needs to be a deterrent. That pain keeps you from stepping down the same path. If for the first little while, every time you see the, you see the path, you see the pain, you will need to think of this as spiritual training. It is the Lord reminding you that this path leads to pain. Not that you haven't repented, somewhat like burning your hand on a candle. It is a similar thing with the Lord. The Lord really desires that you avoid the path a second time. If the path is actually used a second time, the third time is likely not far behind, and then the pathways become established. The Lord uses pain and the memory the same way the body does. Keeps us out of unwanted and un unwanted and difficult situations. It doesn't mean that you have vital violated commandments or have unresolved sins, pain is important to the Lord's training. Now over time, the pain, and sometimes actually the memory, might fade, and the pain is no longer a deterrent. You've avoided the path long enough that perhaps the pain really isn't needed any longer to keep you out of it. But in its place, a scar is probably likely to emerge. I have one of those scars, at least a physical one, across the top of my knee about four inches long. I was taught a valuable lesson in the handling of a chainsaw. I don't have any pain and don't really remember much about the event, but the scar reminds me that if I get careless again, pain is certainly on the horizon. We need scars as a reminder, but only for a couple of reasons. I've always said that there are only two good reasons for a scar to help us remember the mistake of a sin. One is simply to avoid it happening again. 
like burning your hand on a candle. The mistake need not be repeated if you can remember the scar. If everything were erased, the pain, the memory, the scar, we actually would have a tendency to return to the sin. After all, we had already chosen that path once before. Two, this is the second reason, is to help another person. This doesn't mean that you have to divulge a sin or mistake, but having compassion for another and understanding the road back. If you have been there, you can help another see the path and the light and encourage them that there is a way back. By receiving forgiveness, you can help another obtain forgiveness and for you to more easily forgive another. So don't worry if a memory remains and it contains a little pain with it. The best thing to do is to put it in a box and only allow the Lord to take it out when needed as a reminder. Now, if negative thoughts come to you on a regular basis with your depressions and even with life, even in life, the Lord expects that you will begin the process of forgiving yourself. This means that the negative thought patterns, as far as depression, need to be associated with the illness. Past issues and transgressions need to be placed in a box and thrown out the back of the mind. Okay, yes, I do this as part of my processes. I put things in a box, seal them up, and shove them out of the back of my mind. And I watch them go away. Does it work? For the most part, for me, it does. It does, t- it does take some training, but it has helped me to put things into perspective and avoid these negative patterns. I still deal with the negative patterns in a much smaller scale. I had no training or help for a very long time, and those patterns were deeply rooted in my thought patterns. So by the very nature of the brain and its tendency toward patterned behavior, it has taken me many years to put my thought patterns back into better circumstances and now even be able to laugh at myself a little. I consider this ability to laugh at the outward sign as an outward sign that I have learned some forgiveness of myself. Now, if you need a further push to forgive yourself, the Lord has specifically stated that when he forgives a mistake or sin, he remembers it no more. I think the same thing should apply to us. When the Lord has forgiven our sins, we should remember them no more. As I said, put them in a box, seal it up, push it out the back of the head. I know how difficult it has been for me over the years to find this type of self-forgiveness. And I do understand that it is a difficult climb with mental illness. The Lord can be of great value in this quest. And I have felt of his desire to help not only me, but others in a very real and tangible way. I know that he can help anyone who even has a small desire. So in the end, remember that the Lord does require the fight, and no matter how small of a fight you can give, and then he can do his part. We'll talk to you next time.